All right, everybody, we are back with uh, the Infinite Boost podcast. I was just saying it's been a little while since I've done this with somebody else, and I know that it is the uh, preferred mode of doing the podcast, but here we are, and this week I am joined by uh, one of the founders and the manager of Kickback Gaming, which is a, a nice growing community of people with inside the community of the Booster Club. Uh, they participated in the Tier 2 League of IGL, uh, and today I have the manager who uh, was one of the main people on the team but took a step back because they found other people to fill out the Tier 2 team, but planning on building out a team of his own for this upcoming split here in the winter. Uh, Seth, thank you so much for joining me here on the Infinite Boost podcast. Hey, happy to be here, Tom. Okay, so... Uh, as we get into this, why don't you tell me a little bit about where you are with your Rocket League game right now, just so we, we can set the foundation? Well, um, I currently am sitting at, well, we just had season Fancy 5 start, um, so the reset happened, but uh, I ended season 4 at Champ 1. Um, my peak was Div 3, I believe. Um I, I didn't check the MMR, uh, but I know that I hit Div 3. Um, so that was my uh, ending peak. Um, but I, I stuck in Champ 1 the whole uh, season. And uh, that's that's currently where I would consider myself sitting at the moment. Have you, have you already gotten your rank for Season 5 yet? No, I um okay. I haven't. Uh, I played I played a couple private matches yesterday after the uh, after the season started, but then I had to go to work. So fair enough. Work always yeah. gets in the way of our our grind, doesn't it? Definitely. <laughs> so was this your first season in Champ? Yes. Um, well, uh, season three I ended at Champ uh, literally like two days before. Um, and then uh, season four, I was champ consistently throughout. Cool. Did you get the rewards in season three? Or was yes. this your first? Okay. So it's not your first season getting the champ rewards. Yes. I, I was grinding really hard to get that decal for the car. It looked really cool. So I, I really wanted it. <laughs> I, I kind of I remember that you talking about that in the Discord. So how long have you been playing the game? Uh, I've been playing since 2015. Um, it's, uh, yeah, since, um, a little bit after it had come out on the PlayStation, I was, uh, living, I was renting a room in California and my landlord's son had gotten it on PlayStation when it was free to play. Oh, my cat just decided to get feisty. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry about that. No um, problem. So yeah, my landlord's son had gotten it for the free-to-play time that it was there, and then I remember walking past his room one time, and he had his door open, and I saw him playing, and I was like, "That looks a lot, or at least similar to uh, Sarp." And he was like, "What's Sarp?" And we had a whole conversation about that. But then uh, <clears throat> we uh, we ended up playing some games, and I was pretty much hooked at that point. <laughs> Wait, so you you knew Sarp? Yeah. Did you play it? I I watched a lot of people play it. I didn't have it personally because um, I didn't have a PS3. Um, but my friends played it. 
Um, so I would go to their house and they would be playing it. I would play a couple times. I, I didn't really get into it, but mm-hmm. um, I, I had dabbled in it with my friends before. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So playing since 2015 and at champ one. So like, I, so I made this form, right, for everybody mm-hmm. to put in their goals. And I'm looking at what you have on there. You said you have 400 hours. So you only have 400 hours in the past five, five years? years? Yes. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, as far as, like, my commitment to the game has been, um, it was very wishy-washy. Um, I did get it in 2015. Um, and then when I moved out to Texas, my... Uh, PlayStation with the hard copy disc got stolen. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I had to purchase the game again um, on my Xbox that I still had. So I had started on PlayStation, went to Xbox in 2016, played that until about uh, 2018 on Xbox, and then uh, went back to PlayStation um, in 2018 and then have been playing on PlayStation. And I played a little bit on PC for uh, this year, but I just don't have the proper equipment to really perform well enough to play on PC still. Understandable. Understandable. So when, when, when would you say you kind of upped your serious level then in terms of how you've been playing Rocket League? Uh, May of this year. Um, so prior to May, um, it was a very back and forth. I would get into it for a little. I would play. I would, um, I'd play ranked games, um, but I was never, you know, really peeking at anything. And then I would just put it down. Other games would come out. I would play those. Um, and then I would get bored of them. And Rocket League was just there with arms wide open, ready to take me back. <laughs> Always. Yeah. So how... Where where were you rank wise, skill wise, in May, before you started to like what changed that you were like oh I'm just gonna get into this game a little bit more heavy what what happened? Um, so I moved uh, in May um, or April of this year, and uh, I wanted to just get back into gaming in general. And I remember uh, looking at all the games that I had on my PlayStation and out of all the games that I've had on my PlayStation that I've like digitally downloaded, I I will delete and re-download, delete and re-download several games, but Rocket League, I just never deleted. And Mm. after reflecting on it, I looked and I was like, why do... I never get rid of this game. Like, why is it always on my hard drive, you know? Um, So I kind of went with the idea that, you know, if there's something about this game that I cannot seem to let go of, so why don't I try and actually commit to improving in it? And uh, that's that's when I really started to um, become more invested in it. Um, As far as what my rank was when... Uh, that decision happened I was sitting around diamond one okay so diamond one in May and now you're at champ what yep six months later yeah yeah about six months cool that's that's really cool to see um 
And when did you did you start listening to the podcast about the same time, or or how did you come about the podcast? Um. So that was that was another thing was that um, after making that decision to kind of you know dedicate more time and effort into the game, I said, well, what's a way that I can improve? And so I started watching more YouTube videos. I would watch uh, Squishy's 2v2s and 3v3s and 1v1 videos where he does like his whole breakdowns of his thought process and stuff like that. Uh, Lethemir was another one that I would watch. Um, uh, a couple other guys here and there that I would uh, take a gander at, like uh, Rizzo and stuff like that. <clears throat> and they they all always gave good input and you know, the way they would, would explain their thought processes and stuff, you know, it made sense. Um, and then the only thing that I really liked was the mechanics to follow that thought process that they have, you know. Um, so I started watching that. And then I remember I was on my way to work one day and I said, why, why don't I try involving myself more in a way that like I can still be hearing about Rocket League while I'm doing other things and that's when i thought wait podcasts are a thing and so <laughs> i just searched rocket league on uh spotify and yours popped up and i said all right i guess i'll give this a look and the first episode that i listened to was the at the time most recent one i believe was with uh karen and okay then i was instantly hooked and i've been listening ever since i started with the karen one and then I believe I started the one after that. And then I said, wait, I should start from the beginning. So then I started all the way from the beginning of the podcast and worked my way through every single episode in about three weeks. Yeah, that's that's a lot of <laughs> yeah. listening to me. Jeez Louise. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel like your habits have changed since you've been taking the game more seriously? What were some of the things that you started doing that got you from Diamond 1 to Champ 1? Um, so the funny thing is that I remember sitting in my car one episode listening, and I don't remember who it was with, but somebody you were interviewing had said that they would just shut their brain off sometimes and just go full lizard brain, like chase the ball. And just, just to practice like getting faster and going for everything to like see what their limits were. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, I was very reserved for a long time when it came to playing. Um, I was always third man i always wanted to play back i never trusted my teammates um i also solo queued a lot um so i i was just in the mindset that i need to play conservative to secure as many saves as possible because i don't have faith in my teammates enough um mm. and then when i heard that episode that you had done um where the person said to uh, they would just turn their brain off and just go for everything. I told myself, well, why don't I give that a try and see, you know, what what I actually am capable of doing. And I remember going on like a 10 game win streak with this guy that I uh, <laughs> ran into uh, in 2v2s. And he was like, dude, why are we so good? And I said, honestly, dude, I just turned my brain off and <laughs> just started going for everything. And we, we just had an instant chemistry with each other, obviously, that 
worked for the division we were in at the time. And um, that's when I told myself, I was like, okay, so I am capable of going for these shots or these saves or these interruptions and plays when people are taking the ball up a wall or in the air. Um, and that's what got me out of my comfort zone of staying back so much. And that's when I started to really assert myself into plays more. Mm. How is that assertion evolved as you've continued to rank up? So I'm guessing that that little story was in twos. It sounded like it was twos. It was twos mostly. Um, I would play threes as well. I, I would consider myself a threes main, but I do play twos uh, probably just a little bit less than threes. Okay. But um, how, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, so how is that kind of uh, light bulb understanding realization evolved into you getting to where you are now? Um, so aside from that, there, there was also a lot of other stuff that played into it. Um, listening to the podcast, uh, you had mentioned several different times about going into free play, doing custom training packs and stuff like that. And before listening to your podcast, I had touched free play maybe at the most five hours. I, I never mm. spent time in free play. It just, it was boring to me. I didn't like having someone to interact with on the field. Um, so I, I never touched free to play, um, custom maps. I had dabbled in a little more. So I'd say I probably put about 10 to 15 hours at most in that, but I, I never really put time into it before listening to the podcast. Um, because I just didn't find, you know, the, the practicality of, you know, retrying shots over and over until listening to the podcast and realizing, Hey, you know, Re retrying the same shot is okay to do because it does help build a muscle memory. Mm -hmm. um, and so did you, did you start spending more? How, how did you add those in and how did those enhance your game or what kind of results did you see from that moving from the training back on to playing actual games? So yeah, committing, uh, the stuff that I was trying with, um, the training packs and stuff like that. Uh, the Devo shot pack that um, Squishy had done a, a video on for showing how mm. to do like backboard redirects and stuff like that. Um, after watching that video, I instantly downloaded it and I just started going straight into it. Um, I, I had been used to going up for the ball with aerials and stuff like that. So I was used to making contact in the air. What I wasn't used to was the recovery of the car after making that initial contact and then readjusting myself to follow up with another hit to get it from the backboard into the goal. So mm -hmm. with that came the practice of, okay, I've made contact with the ball. I can do that now to make sure that my car doesn't go the complete opposite direction after making contact or, you know, turning a direction that I'm not able to recover from and then following through with that to be able to hit it one more time into the goal. Um, so after getting that, practicing in that muscle memory, I finally convinced myself I can attempt this stuff in game and I might not be able to do it still. Um, like I, I can't hit a redirect shot in a game yet. I haven't made that clip yet. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, <clears throat> I have the confidence to at least attempt it. Whereas before, uh, 
before giving that practice, I would never have thought of trying to do that. I would hit the ball in the air, but that would be my only goal. Would just be to make contact, you know, see ball, hit ball. Yeah. I think what you're saying, there's a hidden little gem in what you were just talking about in terms of what a huge benefit that training packs give you and something that I've been working through as well, uh, you know, in the start of my uh, season fancy, I am working on my air roll left again as I'm trying to go through these ring maps. I was working on it today and I was getting so frustrated and I was so annoyed because I kept on screwing up. And then I, I kept on telling myself, well, if you keep on trying, if you keep on working on this, eventually it will get more comfortable. You will start to get better at it. And I think uh, people or just in general, there's a hesitancy or I don't want to say in general, there there could be a hesitancy in trying a new training pack because it's something you can't do. And at the same time, trying those training packs gives you the opportunity to try something in a safe and consistent environment where you can start to understand it, you can start to get more comfortable with it. And then when those opportunities come up in the game, like you said, you might not hit it every time or any times, but at least you start to build that comfort level. You start to build that understanding of how to actually try to do it. Yeah, definitely. So, I agree. So it's not it's not necessarily even the practice, but just building this kind of uh, foundation of being able to get to a place where you can do things that at at one point in time weren't even fathomable. Yeah, you want you so want it to become more instinctual. Exactly. And I, I think that's I think that's really interesting uh, that you maybe started doing something that you weren't comfortable with, didn't necessarily feel like you could do it all. And then all of a sudden, you at least start building a path towards being able to do that. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you remember, um, but a couple months ago, I was spamming um, the chat with uh all the videos of me trying to do that double flip reset off of the uh jacara's walled air dribble pack um and i i would come to work i would set all my equipment up and then because my work was so slow i had all this time to just practice so i would just hit that training pack for hours and hours of at a time and it got to the point where I started actually you know getting that um that muscle memory down and it's now gotten to the point where directional air roll um air roll right for me is so much more comfortable that I just almost ignore it when I jump now it's like it's not that I ignore it it's that I instinctually use it now instead of my non-directional air roll that I have down to L1. Oh, there's my cat yelling. Yeah, she agrees. She likes yeah. air roll right as well. <laughs> I can I can appreciate that. So then tell me, um, oh shoot, what was I gonna ask you? Uh, so what, what training packs are you using right now? Like what what are you working on right now on a consistent basis or are you even working on anything like regularly when you get into the game? Uh, yeah. So there's, there's a couple packs that I, uh, work on. Um, the, the ones that I 
use most consistently would be uh, the Devo Airshot or Devo mm -hmm. Pack, um, the one that I mentioned earlier, the Walda Air Dribble one, and then uh, Hinata's Ultimate Warm Up Pack, um, mm -hmm. that one. And the last one that I use is one that uh, Thanavik made, the Champ to GC Training Pack. Um, it's a shot pack. It's on Farmstead, I believe. And uh, as much as I hate that map, I will practice that pack uh, <laughs> as much as I can um, because I feel like the shots that are incorporated in that pack really help me focus on my speed and my directional air roll usage. So when you are booting up the game, do you always spend time in training? Do you hop into games really quickly or what, what's your routine like? Uh, as far as the routine goes, it um, depends on the scenario. Um, if the guys at kickback are trying to work on some scrimmages or something like that, if we already have a full team and then we're waiting for like another team, or if we're trying to get a couple other people to play, then I'll uh, put myself on the roster if we're waiting for like one more person or something like that. Um, if they already have a full team or um, if I'm not uh, playing with them, if they're not on or something along that line, then I'll usually hit uh, uh, one of the training packs. It's usually Devo that I default to when it comes to warming up, at least. That's the one that I'll jump into and just just to practice, you know, getting my speed up to the ball and then being able to implement that in the game uh, as fluent fluid fluidly as possible um so there's no uh awkward tension of like warming that up jumping straight mm -hmm. into a game sure so i th something i remember that you said earlier that i just wrote down to kind of clarify because you do go somewhere to work but you said taking all my equipment or setting up my equipment. So like, what do you, what do you take with you to work? Um, so before the laptop that I'm using, um, became, uh, more of a hassle to use, uh, just because every time that I try using rocket league with it now, it gets extremely laggy. It's very slow. This is a, this is an older laptop. Um, but before I was having that issue, I would, I would bring the laptop, I would bring my PlayStation 4 controller and, uh, my wireless headphones that I use. And I would have my regular setup for my work station, which is three monitors, my PC, and then my cup holder. Um, and I would have all of that set up. And then I had this side area in my cubicle, um, that was completely open, which was like a whole desk's worth of space. So I would set up my laptop and my other drink that I would have. Um, I would usually have a coffee um, on one side and then my water on the other side. Um, so I would have all of my, my personal stuff set up on the side. So if I needed to transition to take a phone call, then I could easily turn my chair from doing this to doing this. So you had like a full other laptop so that you could play games. Well, man, that's a that's a nice setup then. Yes, <laughs> it was a it was a pretty nice setup for the time that my laptop was uh, functioning uh, better. 
I, and, I was very excited to be able to utilize that. And your work had no problem with that. Nope. Uh, my uh, my managers and I had discussed it uh, before. They they understand that the overnight shifts are very much a graveyard oh, shift where we only get sure. like two or three calls every two or three hours. So they said, you know, as long as you're answering the phones, then we can't tell you, you know, you're not doing a good job. So as long as you're doing your job, that's all that matters, right? Yep. Cool. Well, that's, I mean, that sounds like a win-win to me. So what is, what is your, what would you say is your biggest training opportunity right now when you're in games? What are your, oh shoot moments that come up the um, most often? <laughs> the oh shoot moments for me are always at the end of the match and seeing my name at the very bottom of the leaderboard um almost consistently every game um and i think that has to do with the fact that i am playing with people that are uh higher ranked than me um all the guys at kickbacker <laughs> uh in the tier two division for igl they're um I'm, I'm a tier three, uh, being a champ one player, they're all, uh, champ three to grand champ. Um, so when we're all playing together, you know, they have more mechanics, they have a uh, higher game sense. So they're able to, you know, be involved in the play a lot faster and a lot more efficiently than I am. So when they're, um, when they're on my team, I will very much be that last man back a lot of the time um because they're ready with the play as opposed to me still trying to catch up i i do have uh the speed to keep up but it's the consistency following the speed that is uh still lacking for me so when i'm uh playing these games the thing that i see most is that i have the least amount of contact with the ball in these uh higher lobbies that i'm participating in mm -hmm. When you say consistency, what what do you think that means to you? If you could if you could boil that down a little bit more. So with the with the speed of play that um, I'm experiencing and the gap that there is between me being champ one and then being champ three to grand champ, and then we also have our coach and other players that are participating that are also grand champ two and Grand Champ 3 as well. Um, so when there's that gap between our mechanics and game sense and everything else involved with the game, I <clears throat> am very much, I'm, I'm present, but I'm not able to react as quickly. So when I'm going for a, a play interruption, say, say they're bringing the ball down the field, if I'm first man to attempt... Uh, disrupting the play whether it's go for a 50 50 or make him shoot it over me or something like that i i will make that initial attempt but mm -hmm. they will already be quick enough to just make the play around me um mm -hmm. and then if i'm the last man back i can just get out maneuvered a lot easier because these guys can either flip reset or do their double taps off the wall or they can just completely break my axles <laughs> sure have you watched many like replays or taken any time to go back over some of those replays of games that you play with those guys yes um 
So also, um, before the podcast, I never watched replays. I never saved replays. I thought they were pointless. <laughs> they were very much <laughs> something that just did not register in my head as something that the game had to be useful. Um, I thought people just used them to save to upload to YouTube to show people their clips and stuff, you know? I never understood the concept of doing replay analysis analyses and stuff like that. Did you uh, did you play any sports or do anything like that growing up? Like did were were you ever that competitive in any games or sports or anything like that? Uh yeah, I've been I've been playing sports all my life. I Okay. uh played uh little league, I played soccer growing up, I played football in middle and high school, I played basketball in high school. Um I played baseball in high school as well. I was varsity for all of the sports that I participated in. Okay. So um, at least being, you do have some experience of like uh, engaging in competitive things before something like Rocket League. Yes, definitely. I, I've, I've been competitive for uh, a long time. Um, as okay. far as gameplay goes competitively, uh, not so much. The most I would compare being competitive uh, as far as a game went was when Black Ops 3 was still a big game. Um, me and my friends used to participate in local tournaments and okay. uh, play like uh, search and destroy games uh, against other teams and stuff like that. But that was that was a very casual thing for me still even then. So sure. Uh, as far as as far as video games go, this is the most competitive that I've ever been. So how has your usage of replays changed in the past few months then? Um aside from just now using them and actually utilizing them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Aside from that, uh, I, I've been very lucky to have a lot of friends that are higher rank than me and uh, being able to reach out to them and say, Hey, would you uh, be open to sitting down with me for 15, 20 minutes and doing a replay of just like a game or two? And um, each time they are available, they do. My issue when I do replay analysis is by myself is that I still have this type of mental block in my head where I can't really see the errors that I'm making even in replay analysis. analyses. Mm. I'm, I'm getting better at it. Um, I'm starting to recognize like more uh, faults on my part and stuff like that. Not to make it sound like I've always blamed my teammates or something like that, um, even though it always is their fault. But um, (laughs) uh, I've gotten to the point now where I can start to look at replays and say, okay, should I have challenged here? And then also making other uh, informative decisions after watching them to tell myself, okay, this wasn't the best idea. I should have done something else. And then when I do have those friends that are available to uh, give me replay analyses, they can give me a lot more in-depth breakdown of maybe what I might've caught, but not have been able to uh, explain or expand on why it wasn't a good idea to make a play happen that way or attempt to do what I was doing in that instance. Mm -hmm. One thing that really helped me a lot I mean, I I don't think that I've ever struggled to find things that I screw up because I'm I am extremely critical of myself uh 
you know, that is one of my greatest strengths is finding my weaknesses and, and really kind of beating myself up about them. That's probably more of a, a to a fault almost. One thing that was really supportive in me kind of building a skill of being able to analyze replays and understand things that are going on in replays in terms of things that I could correct was watching higher level players play. So I would download Justin replays. I would download Garrett replays, or I would just hop on ball chasing and get like supersonic legend replays and watch those and really take in the decisions that they're making, how they're challenging, how they're rotating, things of that nature, and just start to get a little bit more familiar with the gameplay of how they play the game. Because then uh, after watching 10, 15 of those replays, you start to get a feel of the decisions that they make, how they rotate, how they're moving across the field. And then once you go back to your own replays, or once I went back to my replays, it was like, oh, wow, look at that challenge. Like, why did I do that? Why did I go for this ball? Why did I go for that? Because I think the biggest, one of the biggest things that I've been able to add into my own game recently, and I got this a lot from watching Supersonic Legend gameplay, is how little they fully commit to the ball. Like, they will, like, kind of, so going back to what you were talking about earlier in, in terms of challenging a play and maybe, like, you're challenging it but the ball just gets past you. So you you don't necessarily do anything super effective in that play because the ball just gets past you. Um, I'm just kind of envisioning something like, you know, you maybe uh, full dodge at the ball and you might get close, but they still get it past you and they still continue that play. Um, so instead of doing something like that, which is something that I learned you know, watching these higher level replays is a kind of building a better awareness of how close you are to the ball and how close they are to the ball. And if that challenge is even going to be able to do anything. And then also not necessarily fully committing to a full challenge, just sometimes just driving at the ball and then turning around immediately, like make them make a decision, but don't just like jump into it. Uh, you know, both of those Take things. Challenge. Exactly. Or, or you may maybe like a single jump to try and get in the way of the ball, but not double jump. So then you're sending yourself all the way down the field. Yeah. Um, these like those little things are things that I saw in SSL games that when I went back to my own replays, I was like, wow, they're just really playing the ball a lot differently than I do in my games. And so taking even like one that one little thing and then trying to implement that into my own games uh, really changed my understanding of the game of Rocket League. So in terms of watching replays for you, Seth, and also everybody out there in, in Rocket League Booster Club land, if you are struggling with analyzing your own replays, it might be just as beneficial to analyze replays of somebody that's better than you and not necessarily consider it. An, I mean, I guess it is analysis, but not analysis of like looking at their mistakes, but analysis in terms of trying to really understand and learn how they play the game. 
because if you learn how to play the game from as somebody that's better than you, then you will learn how to play the game better. Yeah. So that might, Um, that might help. Yeah. Um, this, this might be a unconventional way to, uh, kind of branch off from that. But something that I do occasionally is when squishy or Leth or, uh, somebody releases a video on YouTube where they're explaining their thought process as they're going, uh, through the game is I'll watch the video, but before a play, um, begins, I'll pause the video and I'll ask myself, what do I think that Leth or Squishy or Rizzo is going to do? And I'll, I'll make an analysis in my own head. I'll say, okay, we have the opposing team here. Uh, we're the person we're watching here and our teammates are here, or at least from what we can see on the camera, we think they're in this position. What do I think they are going to do as a professional or retired professional or whoever I'm watching, what do I think this person is going to do with the play? And then I'll press play, watch the play and see how close or how far away from that uh, assumption was. And then I'll listen to their explanation after because they're usually really good about saying, oh, well, I fake challenge here because uh, this play isn't really threatening to me. So I don't need to make an attempt or X, Y, whatever their explanation is. And then I can pause it. And if I need to replay it and look again and say, why did I think this when they thought this, you know, and I'll do that occasionally um, with the new videos that they come out with. And I want to say that's been pretty helpful for me as far as uh, doing replay analysis analyses of myself has been. Um, If I watch replays of older games, it's easier because I'll have put the thought process of those games behind me. So I don't really remember why I went for these plays at that time. Um, So when I go back and look at them, I can watch from my perspective and I can pause before a play happens and say, what do I think I'm going to do? And (laughs) if, if I don't remember that game at all, that makes it a lot easier because then I can make an assumption of I'm either going to do this, this or this. And then I can press play, watch the play. And then I can see, what took place from that and say, okay, did that play benefit my team or did it uh, impact my team in a negative way? You know, Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's a surefire way to help with replay analysis or, you know, improve your game at all, but that's something that I do personally. And it's, it's also made it more fun to watch these videos because it kind of makes me feel more involved, you know? Sure. Well, and I, I think, this is the beauty of Rocket League and also the beauty of, of doing this show is that everything is going to work for somebody, right? Like Everybody mm-hmm. has their process of improvement. Everybody has the things that they do to kind of help them along the way. It's not something that I've ever done. And that doesn't mean that it's not a good thing to like any any way that you're challenging yourself or working with yourself to improve your decision making or try and figure something out or you know do something better is is a plus in my book i can tell you that when i watch a replay you know i might not pause it and think okay what are they going to do here but when they do something that i'm not expecting them to do i then think to myself 
well, what the heck was that for? And then I might watch it five or six times over. So, you know, it's, it's the same kind of idea, just a different recipe. So it's, I, I think, especially with something for console players that don't have access to watching replays through ball chasing and being able to download them and watch them like, like that, there are still tons of quote unquote replays on the internet, on Squishy's channel, on Letha's channel. And, and to be able to watch those is a really good resource in terms of just how to make decisions. So I, I think that's a, I think that's a great uh, idea or a way to get in the practice of kind of learning that to a, a deeper level. So when, after you do that replay analysis or after you're watching these videos and things of that nature to kind of, uh, philosophize or get these philosophize, get these different concepts in terms of how to make decisions. What are the, what are the things that you're doing or how are you going into games when you're actually playing games? What is your mindset? What are you thinking? How are you handling them? Uh, what, what are you doing with your actual time in game? Um, so the way that I've been going about that now is when I do a replay review or analysis of some sort, uh, whether it's with a teammate, uh, with, uh, with a coach, or just by myself, if in that time of doing the analysis, I'm able to recognize a major fault in my gameplay that I'm consistently doing, not just in that game, but in <clears throat> prior games as well, um, then when I go into my next matches, the, the thing that I have nitpicked at the most in each of those replays before these matches that are following is that I will constantly remind myself, whether it's out loud or just in my head, that this is what I'm focusing on and this is what I need to <clears throat> actively keep in my head to make sure that I improve on it. Because if I don't think about it, then it's not going to happen. Um, the one that comes uh, to mind most recently was uh, Chewy and I were playing uh, twos a while back. And <clears throat> he records every game that we play. Um, he records every game that he plays in general and uploads it to ball chasing. Um, so after we had played a couple games, uh, we had won a couple, we had lost a couple. Um, but he said, Hey, do you have a minute to do some replay review? And I said, yeah, sure. Let's go for it. So he pulled up, um, ball chasing and we watched, a we watched one video and what he pointed out to me was a lot of times in our two, two V two games, when we're on the offensive, bringing the ball down the field, if he was on the sidewall, um, or on the side with the ball, say, he's on the right side of the field, taking the ball past mid boost. I would overstep my positioning and I would be further ahead of him. Um, mm. And so he would say uh, in that replay, he would put it at, put the camera behind my car to show my POV and say, do you see how in uh, parallel to the field, your position is further front or closer to the opposing goal than I am with the ball. And I say, yeah, I, I see that. And he says, what you want to do is 
be parallel to me or in that general vicinity. You don't want to be too far ahead because if I lose a 50, then the ball goes behind us and you're already ahead of us. Or if uh, I go for a pass and you're too far ahead, then you have to backtrack to try and retrieve that ball, which then puts us in a backwards motion as opposed to a forward motion. So mm-hmm. what he pointed out was that my positioning was always, if not parallel with him, too far ahead. And what I needed to do was bring it back, take a sit back and collect myself before a play happens and be ready facing towards the goal with him making the advancement on the side. And Mm -hmm. after we did that replay analysis, we had to get off. But I remember the next two times that I was playing, two two gaming sessions separately, uh, that was on my mind the whole time where I I solo queued a couple games and I told myself out loud or in my head, be parallel, don't be too far ahead. Be parallel, don't be too far ahead. Stay close to the play, but not too close. And don't overstep my reach to making our offensive move to ahead of the person with the ball. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I can't remember. I can't remember what I was watching, but I was watching a stream or video or something. I think I can't remember what it was, but it was somebody that was in the SSL rank talking about playing two V twos. It was a spook Luke video and he had, he was doing a video of playing a hundred two V two games in, in, you know, what he learned from those games. And he, one thing he said, and this was solo queue. So maybe a little bit different when you're solo queuing two V twos, the, the best place for you to be as the second man is not in the middle, but behind your, teammate and this i mean i'm not taking this as gospel or any it's just interesting that he said that in his video and this is the quote-unquote best way to rank up in twos and then when you're playing with chewy he says at least be parallel right you know i as a conservative player i would probably be a little bit behind depending on what's happening in the play but it's just interesting that there's that uh, variance in opinion in what is the best or or the thing that you should be doing as the second person in a in a game of Rocket League, and it really depends on the situation. Uh, I think just because if there is that fifty fifty, all of a sudden the ball is going towards your net and you're kind of scrambling to get back. But uh, it's interesting that you say that, and then I remember just watching this video. I I feel like. You know, if if we did a poll, it would probably go 50-50 on where somebody would be in terms of, of the perfect rotation or where somebody would position themselves in, in that kind of a situation. But it's, it's good. I'm glad to hear that uh, you're able to take these little tidbits and then inject them into your games as you're, as you're playing, because I feel like it can be very easy. And I have thousands of hours of this where I'm just kind of going into a game, not necessarily thinking about anything or focusing on anything or trying to improve on anything because, you know, then you're not really getting anywhere. So it's, it's good that you're going into games with a little bit of purpose behind what you're doing for this season then, or moving forward, I suppose 
it's it's been maybe about a season since you've been in Champ One. Then you spent the full season four in Champ One. Yeah. What do you think it's What do you think it's going to take for you to kind of continue to move on to the next level, to continue to improve your game and and move up into Champ Two and Champ Three? Um. Currently what I'm recognizing is just the amount of time that I'm able to put into the game is really what's holding me back. Um, I want to say for the most part, I probably put in about four, maybe five hours a week into the game. Um, and that's split up between two days. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll play, for two to two and a half hours one day and then two to two and a half hours another day. Um, but as far as uh, actual time on the field goes, I, I don't really put enough time into the game and I feel like that's what's holding me back the most. I, um, I, If I had more uh, time to do it, um, just because of the way my job is set up working overnight and <clears throat> also not having the equipment anymore to be able to practice at work and all that. Um, if I, if I had the opportunity to put more time and effort into just being on the field and memorizing the mechanics that I need to practice at my level and everything, then it'll definitely improve my game a lot just because of that, because what I feel I'm lacking most would be mechanics and just overall time spent in the game. Mm -hmm. it, so in those, in those few hours, and I think at the end of the day, it's a game, right? If you're not enjoying it a little bit, what's the point? So in, in the hours that you have, how, how are you splitting those up? Are you spending much time training or is it mostly just playing games because you actually want to enjoy the time that you, that you have, or do you enjoy spending time in training packs and free play? How do you feel about doing that stuff? Um, like I said, since I started the podcast, my, uh, my appreciation for the game is really just skyrocketed. I'm, I'm at a completely different level of, um, passion for this game in general and the community around it and everything um that <clears throat> I didn't have before which is really what impacted my gameplay before and everything um so you know when you ask like uh do I do I enjoy you know the training and the free play and stuff like that now like my my honest answer is yes um just just being able to sit down and see that I can put time into something that makes me happy and also connects me to people. It, it just does something to me that I, I can't really explain. Otherwise that it's almost euphoric. I, I have so much fun in this game now that it's, <clears throat> it's an experience altogether that I, I haven't really experienced anywhere else. Um, you know, like, I've been in bands before I've played shows I've done uh, different sports and stuff like that. I've, I've participated in a lot of different uh, community things that have brought people together and yeah, they're all fun and yeah, they're all, you know, good for like my mental health, my physical health and stuff like that. But 
the 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 thing that I find in this game that brings me this feeling is so unique when it comes to anything else that I've participated in before that it's it's really easy for me to just enjoy it and not <clears throat> have like a hard time like yeah if I go on a 10 game losing streak which I just did like last week I can be bummed <laughs> out <laughs> because it, it'll kick you in the pants and I I gotta say it it can get to you really quickly especially because that 10 game losing streak was my whole gaming time <laughs> so I I turned on my PlayStation I started that game and from the second that my wheels were on the field to the time that I turned the game off, I did not win a single game. Mm. <laughs> and that can be very defeating as far as your ego goes. Um, and as far as like your experience with the game goes, you know, when people don't win something, it's, <laughs> it's called defeat for a reason. You know, you, you feel defeated. You're not you're not happy about it. You don't want to experience that. You want to experience victory. You want to experience a fun time having, you know, these experiences that make you want to come back to it. Losing 10 games in a row doesn't make you want to come back to it. (laughs) Um, But for me, after that 10 game of straight losses, I still told myself, I want to keep playing. Like I want to keep doing this. I want to get better. I want to just, be in here (laughs) and Mm. that that's really made the difference for me as far as the experience with this game has gone is just that um after finding this podcast and creating kickback gaming and all that and participating in igl and everything you know it's brought this new fire to me that i've never really experienced before and it it really does make a difference where do you think that motivation comes from to lose 10 games in a row in the very little time that you have already to have that happen and then still say to yourself, I want to come back to this. It's the community, really. Um, It's everybody that I interact with in this game. Um, uh, From my teammates at Kickback uh, to everybody in the Booster Club Discord. I I genuinely don't have any bad experiences with anybody there. And it's that's what keeps a community striving and thriving for a better community is being able to reach out and say, hey, you know, I just lost 10 games in a row. And for not one person to say, haha, or to neg you about it, but to say, it's okay, we regain. And the only thing you can do is get better. You know, Mm. like if you were just performing at your worst, congratulations, that's rock bottom. Get ready to start shooting up. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's, I think there's something to be said or something to figure out in the being able to look at rocket league as a whole it for something that is constructed in small, you know, two hour play sessions, that is made up of a bunch of five minute games. So much energy and emotion can be invested into those little micro instances of the game, each game that you play, but it means so much more on the whole. 
Like those those ten games aren't your experience of Rocket League. And at the same time, we can put so much I've had plenty of nights playing with people, you know, my friends that are for the most part uh better than me. I'm catching up very quickly, so they better watch out. But I've had I've had plenty of nights where I've had to play with them. I I haven't had to. I with that we've been playing games and I will lose six, seven, eight, nine games in a row because they're just better. Uh, and you know, that's led to some very, very grumpy nights for me about like, why am I doing this? This is stupid. This is frustrating, blah, blah, blah. And just like wanting to uninstall the game, but I keep coming back. And the more I, you know, just like you said, realizing that you want to come back, that you want to keep going. Uh, I don't, I don't, I haven't been able to figure out how to synthesize that yet because there are some people that just get that and kind of embody that. And then there are others that, you know, get bored by training or don't enjoy being in free play or get really frustrated by going on a losing streak. And I, I really want to find a way to help people from the frustration group or the, the, I need to play games or I'm not motivated into the other side of it. And I don't think it's, you know, just some cookie cutter formula that I can shove everybody into and, and make it happen. But I would love to see more people kind of be energized. I, I think it's very encouraging to me and uh, it's not like a pat me on the back moment, but I I'm very encouraged to hear that you find so much joy and enthusiasm from the game and and also having found something that energizes you so much. So that's, that's really nice to hear. I would definitely say you should pat yourself on the back, Tom, you know, you, you created an amazing community here and that's, that's definitely something that doesn't go unnoticed. And if, if anything, you yourself do deserve a round of applause because like, that's, it's hard to like create these types of spaces and keep them going. Well, yeah. And I, I definitely think, that there have been ups and downs. And I know that I've talked about it on the last few episodes, just in, in terms of the past almost four months now of doing this podcast consistently, whether, and believe me, there have been weeks that I've not wanted anything to do with thinking about rocket league or playing rocket league. You know, I've recorded episodes with people, with other people where I'm just like, uh, I don't want to do this. But the past four or five months, I feel like has been a really big resurgence of uh, the podcast and of the the discord, primarily just because of my persistence and my yeah. desire to keep it going. And I think that can be exactly said for exa- like where you are in terms of having something like a really bad losing streak and then getting up and just being ready for another another day whenever that day comes from you. It's just about persistence and having your eye on the prize of getting what it is that you say that you want. Absolutely. So I, I, I hope that somewhere along the line, you are able to find ways to get more time in the game. I, 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 I would like to say, I know that I say a lot and I'm going to say it again right now, join the discord. But if you ever wanted somebody outside of me giving you a grand 
recommendation on why you should come join the Discord. I think what Seth said just a little bit ago, um, I mean, if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, I, I want to be a part of that. And I didn't pay him to say that. I didn't encourage him before we started. But like that's I feel like what is happening is is something really nice. And I I'm happy that you are a part of it. And you've certainly been an integral part of that as well. I don't know how long you've been in the Discord. Uh and I would say that I did make a concerted effort to try and be more consistent in there as well, because I kind of have to create what I want to see. And at the same time, I feel like you have been a very integral part in other people wanting to be a part of it in there on a consistent basis. So I know that I am the server owner and I feel like there is definitely some credit due to you as well. You know, you say that you're enthusiastic about the community. Um, and I would say that your actions uh, show that as well. It's not just words that you're saying on this podcast by any means. So I, I would like to make a public thank you to you as well. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, it's I, like I said, it, it's, a, it's a great community. And, you know, when, when you have a great community, the people that naturally want to curate that type of space are going to come to it. And when that happens, it's so much easier to nurture that into something bigger. Um, so when you already have that environment set up for someone like me who wants to find that space, when that space is found, it's so much easier to set up roots there and say, this is the community that I want to help build, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, uh, that is that does not go unnoticed and it is greatly appreciated. Uh, I, so I will say, um, as well as the Discord, um, one thing that has become very integral in, I think, what we're doing in the Booster Club is the Indie Gaming League. Uh, Kickback Gaming, their tier two team, uh, is starting in the playoffs right now. Did you guys get a buy this week? Uh, no, we actually received a forfeit. So we're oh. on the week two. <laughs> All right. Well, that's even better. So, uh, playoffs are happening right now. We're in the first week and moving on through that. And then the winter split starts, uh, I, I would guess it starts probably early in the next year. Um, what, what are, what are your plans and what are you hoping to create uh, in the in the kickback gaming side of things, I know you, that you would like to spend some more time on the field, not just helping out with the tier two team. So why don't you let everybody know what you're looking for for that? Because I know you guys want to build some other teams. Uh, yeah, so um, we're in the process of expanding. Um, we're looking at making two more teams right now. Um, our coach, uh, Fusion Beats, um, had expressed uh, interest in wanting to play and since he was grand champ too um if he had been on the team that would have put us into tier one and although i am completely confident in our team being able to you know participate in that uh in that tier and everything you know um they were already set up in tier two and everything so they they have their uh their division set and they want to continue uh leveling themselves out there and then uh, growing from that. And then with Fusion, uh, we want to start looking into creating a tier one team and building from there. And then 
as far as my end goes, since I'm tier three, I'm looking to also create a tier three team. Uh, I've been talking to a couple friends. I have a friend at UT that is in the tier three division as well. I'm talking with them about uh, creating a team. And then uh, I've also talked to a couple different people um, in the Discord about it as well. Uh, we've had some private conversations um, and uh, we're just feeling each other out to see like would scheduling work, would uh, the comfortability of, you know, being on a team work and all that. Uh, so we're, we're in the works of m making two more teams. And we also do look to expand beyond that. But that's that's for later later things that uh, we're we're still in the in the process of uh, working on. Cool. Well, then I suppose uh, if you are so, are you needing any more people for the tier three, or you're not sure yet? It's a possibility. Um, so far, there are two other people that I'm talking to that are what to me seems pretty interested. So I would put it at a. Uh, quite possibly, um, and would say that's that's probably going to become a tier three team uh, with me being part of that roster um, and actually playing those games as well. Um, but uh, there, there are a couple people that have uh, reached out to me, um, and I've also talked to some other people as well about uh, seeing if that's something that we want to pursue together and create possibly a five-person team so we have subs and stuff like that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, then I, I know that we have the IGL channel on the Discord. So if you're interested in participating, be sure to just start checking out that. And and I guess in classic Tom form, I could make a form to have a place where people can show that they're interested. And then we can kind of congregate things there so people know who they can talk to and who's still available or who's still looking for a team or, or where things are. I know that for the most part, people that have participated in IGL have really enjoyed. I, I know that I had a lot of fun doing it. And of course my team, uh, we won most of our matches. So that felt good. I might be a little bit more frustrated if we lost a lot of matches, but I think just being able to compete and get into that and have another way to kind of see where I'm at skill wise has been really enjoyable. I know that kickback has been doing uh, a lot of scrimming and a lot. I think what I hear from all of those guys, uh, you especially and, and others that kind of share the experience is that they have gotten a lot of bonding out of it. It's been a really fun experience. I know that they're in communication with each other a lot. So that's been really, that's been really cool to see. And I would love to see more groups start to form like that. And it not just be like, Oh yeah, let's do this. But over multiple seasons, folks growing together and really forming these teams and all of us kind of being able to support each other within this IGL system. That's, that's been a, a fun kind of uh, addition or a supplement to what we have going on in the booster club. So even if you might not be a part of one of the teams, I know that they're always looking for more people to play with. Uh, so that is that is always a possibility. Seth uh, or Seth, uh, do you have any do you have any final thoughts for the Infinite Boost listeners? Yeah. Um, so final thoughts. Uh, I actually wrote this all down, uh, having listened to every episode. <laughs> I'm I'm very used to the uh, the wrap up here. Uh, as far as final thoughts go. Um, 
Tom, I personally want to thank you for creating the podcast and the Discord. Uh, it's been an amazing experience. Um, and I'm sure not just for me, but for hundreds of other people that are in the community. Um, you, you've brought such a great thing together. And it's, it's really something that I am really excited to be a part of. Um, so uh, thank you for that. Um, as far as the rest of the final thought would go is just being a, a shout out to my team um, at Kickback Gaming for being the great guys that they are and for uh, supporting each other and myself um, and their, uh, their overall commitment to the game has really also encouraged me to get better. Um, and then I guess another shout out would also be to the UT Rocket League team um, and their Discord channel as well. They're a, they're a really great community full of really amazing players and uh, they're, they're all around great guys to interact with as well. So I, I'd give a shout out to them for um, also encouraging me to get back into the game. Nice. Cool. That's awesome. Well, good. I appreciate that. And, uh, and also thank you for the thank you. Um, but we've already gone back and forth on that plenty. So thank you very much. Uh, and then where do you have any, do you have any socials or any other place people can find you? I mean, obviously I don't want to steal your thunder, but if you, if you want to talk to this pleasant person more, join the discord. But besides that, any, anything else? Yeah. Um, so on Twitter, you can find me at Sefza. It's S E F F Z A. Um, that's a, that's my main account. Um, and then Twitch is the same thing. Just sans the at it's S E F F Z A. Um, I'm not really that active on Twitch, um, just because I don't really have the equipment for it, but, uh, in the future I'll, I'll be more on there. And then, um, uh, kickback gaming actually just created our own, uh, Twitter account. Um, it's at kickback gaming with an underscore. Um, and the first two letters are capitalized for each uh, word. So capital K for kickback, capital G for gaming, and then underscore after. Got it. Okay. And then, well, you know what's left. My question for the audience would be, if you have any car in real life that you like, would you put it in Rocket League? And what car would that be? Um, personally, for me, uh, I would put my Subaru Forester in there um, because it's a beefy car and I really like it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's my question is what what real life car would you put in Rocket League if you could? I feel like it's only a matter of time, right? Until just everything is in Rocket League. Yeah, I mean, we already have a Ford F-150 in there. Right. Well, and there's, is it a Camry or are there any Toyota cars? There's a Toyota Camry, right? Because of the racing one. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, I know. I know there's the Skyline GTR. There's yeah. um, uh, a couple other ones, but yeah, there's, 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 a, there's a few different real life cars in there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure it's only a matter of time until you have your Forester. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this with me. 
and and having a chat. It's been it's been really nice, and I think also just a really good kickoff to having the opportunity to be a little bit more consistent on what's the word that I wanted to use highlighting or showcasing other members of, of the discord and being able to have this conversation with you guys more. So I appreciate you taking the time to uh, hang out with me and talk some rocket league and best of luck in the playoffs to you guys. And I hope that uh, the winner split of course goes well as well. And uh, besides that, Seth, uh, as always, thank you for the boost. Thank you for the boost, Tom.